Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. today's episode where we're talking about how small things make a big difference in our art. Now this is part two. As I was editing part one, I realized we'd got to about 47 minutes and we still had about the same to go. So I decided to split the episode into two. And today we are picking up right where we left off. So enjoy the show. Okay, well, let's go back to learning. Okay, so... One of the things that made a big difference to me when I was learning was finally committing to going straight in with a pen. Because I used to always like the safety net of the pencil because I could always rub it out. And my early works were always covered in rubbing outlines and you know, rubbing out marks. And you know, you still get the indentation of the pencil marks. And you're like, oh, but at least I, you know, I could rub it out. Actually, what really the best drawings that are in pencil that I have ever seen are the ones where the artist makes light lines with a pencil and then they darken the ones that are right and they leave the ones that are wrong behind. And that gives a pencil drawing so much energy it's great it's like you can see the workings out that went on behind the drawing so if I was going to use a pencil now I would first of all get rid of the eraser I would not erase I would go in very lightly and loosely and then I would then darken the lines that I'm happy with and I would leave it and I'd leave those lines in however for me one of the big things that changed um, my uh, I guess my way of working and my the results of my sketching was when I decided right that's it I'm getting rid of the pencil I'm going straight in with a pen and it is what it is and then of course yes I still went wrong I'd be oh damn it and then I'd have to do a line again but then again you know the lines were um left behind and you're left with this 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 sketch where the mistakes are there and again I'd darken the line because you can do this with pen you can still work really lightly with a pen depending on what kind of pen it is of course and then you kind of just solidify those ones that you're really happy with and that made a big difference to me because it stopped me rubbing things it stopped me being tempted to rub things out and it taught me that actually sometimes the best sketches are the ones that aren't perfect first time in fact they are better than the ones that are perfect first time because actually when you get a very perfect sketch drawn using just that one line that's straight away perfect it can look slightly sterile and static whereas you go you do a sketch that's not perfect first time and you're having to oh actually just that bit and you know darken that bit you're left with a sketch that's fantastic because you've got the perfect sketch but along the way you've you've also got the lines that it took you to get to that perfect sketch so it almost tells a story of how it, it unfolded so that was a big big change for me in my sketchbook going straight in with pen 
forgetting about the pencil and just embracing those mistakes and using it as part of what gives that sketch its energy. When did you I start? When, <laughs> when did you start drawing in pen? Is that since you've been doing kicking the creatives? Yes, I think it is because I used to do. Um, well, say that actually. I'm just thinking back now. So yes, I used to draw in pencil, and I would, you know, want it to be perfect, and then I'd always. And it, in fact, even when I first went in with pen, I've got to say this because this is being completely honest, and I've just thought about this. What I would do is I would I would sketch in pencil first, and then go over the perfect lines with the pen, and then rub out the pencil marks. And then I'd be in, and then wonder why I was left with this kind of static and sterile looking pen drawing, thing, yeah. you know. But yeah, so but I used to be a perfectionist, so all my drawings would be like perfect little drawings in my sketchbook. And it's not to say they were bad drawings; they weren't. But they were drawings; they weren't sketches. Very, very big difference in a drawing, I think, and a sketch. And I think I love the energy of a sketch. Um, so I think, and then I used to do, well, I used to do biro because actually biro is really good for doing dark lines and really fine, like thin and light lines because they do respond to pressure. So that was that, whereas if you use, say you used a, I don't know, a fine liner pen, it doesn't matter how hard you put or soft, they're still going to be the same darkness, aren't they? So I found biro was good for that. But again, I was drawing, well, you remember when we met up in London and I'm, I'm you know, I did a sketch on a train, but it was still this perfect little drawing of a perfect, you know, little girl and there was no no energy to it. It was um, really good. Not a bad drawing, really good drawing, but it's not... But it still wasn't um, a lively drawing, which was what I was trying to aim for. I was trying to aim to give my drawings a bit more life. Then you gave me that god-awful thing that you put in my hand and said, draw with that, and it was a chunky marker. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awful. But it did... And I don't know if I tried a brush pen, and I hated that. I thought it was horrible. Yeah, I Um, love it. However, I I suppose what what I did learn from those things is, my God, that's hideous. But actually, it hasn't... It hasn't um, ruined my life trying those things. It has made me think, oh, okay, perhaps I'll try a few more things like that. And now I love going in with a pen and I I can do some really lively sketches. And one of my favourite ones, I think one of the favourite sketches I've ever done is of a man in a park with a cap on sitting on a bench. And I used, um, I went straight in with, um joy oh that's it a joy a lammy joy pen fountain pen and it's like a calligraphy pen so it probably took me i reckon about a minute and a half to do that drawing it's one of my favorite sketches i ever did i went straight in with a pen it was a calligraphy pen so it was a big bold black pen and yet i could never have got that if i'd have i could never have achieved that with yeah. a pencil because it had the lively lines, it had the, the broad nib, which meant they were um, varied lines. And I think that was the sketch that really sold it to me. I thought, no, I'm never going to work with pencil again. Pencils are really boring. Plus the fact when you work with a pencil, what happens is your sketch tends to um, then eventually rub off onto the page next to it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you just they never stay as solid. So the pens are great because they last they last a lot longer but but now we've said how bad pencils are can i go on to about pencils (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I want, I want to say there is nothing wrong with pencil at all. Um, to be honest, no. neither of us no, actually really sketch in pencil now. But I remember when I used to, um, this is when I was a teenager, and I remember somebody first said to me, um, if you're drawing, you want to be using at least a 2B or softer. Obviously not for technical drawing. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, there you are. You've been, before that, been using the old HB, the standard pencil that you'd buy for school or whatever. And they're so hard that trying to shade with them is, like, virtually impossible. It's just all scratchy. And you switch to a 2B or softer, and you can suddenly get all these different tones. And I remember one of my favourite drawings I ever did was when I was probably about 15. And it was of this teddy bear. But I really took my time drawing all the fur. And I think I was using probably a 4B or a 6B pencil. But using that softness just actually gave the softness to the fur as well. And you can you can just get really intense shadows, can't you? And really light lights with something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a 2B, is it a 2B and a 4B, I think, is probably the yeah. two I'd have if I had they to choose. They go up even more now, because when I was a kid, you could, I think the maximum was 6B. Now you get 9s, can't you? 9B. I don't think it goes any higher. You can get 9B. Yeah. But when I was a kid, it was 6. The thing is, as well, with, with the pencil, if you use a pencil for a dark shade, um like say for instance a 6b you're going to get quite a darker yeah. shade um just by using it as you would normally now you could say okay well i could just press a lot harder with my 2b to create a darker shade but the only problem with pencil and this is one thing i don't like about pencil is if you do decide to press a bit harder it can suddenly go really shiny yeah like, i hate do that you know what i mean it's almost like yeah. I'm a polished like a burnished look yeah. and that's just not nice it's not uh it's not nice at all so that's why there's that's why it's good if you're going to try and go darker, try to go for a softer lead and use it to the same degree of um, pressure rather than just going harder with your 2B because you're just going to get a shiny drawing yeah. then, which I, I think what like. frustrates me with pencil as well is you can never get a black black, you know, with, a, with an ordinary pencil anyway. No. You can if you, you buy different ones. To me, the, the difference between a, a pencil drawing and, a, say, a pen drawing or a painting even so like watercolors yeah right are they can be really what used to put me off watercolors is whenever i think of or thought of a watercolor i used to think oh they're just so wishy-washy and there's no there's no real they're just wishy-washy yeah and when you look at a lot of watercolor paintings that's exactly what they are they're wishy-washy and i think it's because when you put your paint on when you paint your watercolor on it, it, you don't realise it actually dry a lot lighter. But also people have a habit of putting so much water in and then they, they forget they dry lighter. And actually you can go in really intensely with watercolour and make them a lot more vibrant. But people seem to be frightened of doing that. Not the experienced no. ones, but the more inexperienced ones. Isn't it? So, And I feel like a pencil drawing is a, and a pen drawing is the difference between a wishy-washy watercolour and an intense oil painting or a, do you know what I mean? It's just, it can be, look a bit bland, it, I guess is the word I'm looking was it for. it Carrie Waller? What's her? Carrie Waller. Is that her last name, Waller? Or was that, um, 
Is it Carrie Waller? Carrie Routes, ah. Routes Waller. We've, we've interviewed her. Yeah, before, I mean, her watercolours. Go go back to one of her interviews if, if you can find it. We've got a list of all our podcast interviews. She does the most amazing watercolours. And I think the first time I saw her work, I think you introduced me to her. I was like, that doesn't yeah. even look like watercolour. She'd got such intense darks. And I think I, I actually said something to her on, yeah. on the podcast. It's like, Wow. And you, you just don't expect that, do you? No, you don't. And she's insane. I mean, her work is just unbelievable, yeah. really. It's it's incredible. But that's a classic example of somebody who knows what they're doing with watercolour and isn't afraid yeah. of it. And who knows that actually if I go in and this is virtually looking black, it's going to turn like more of a dark-ish grey when it, when it dries. You know, it's understanding that kind of thing. It's very different with acrylics and oils and coloured pencils and pencil and pen because what you see when you put it on is what you get. Watercolours are very different. You have to kind of almost um, look... Uh, you have to kind of look forward, if you know what I mean, and know that actually when this dries, it's going to dry to a lot lighter than what I'm seeing it right now. So I'll intensify that right now. It might look way too bright right now, but in about half an hour, it's going to pale right down. And that's a sign, and again, that's a sign of a beginner is seeing their watercolours and realising that they've got very little contrast in them because they're very wishy-washy. There's one I've got down here that I think follows on from that quite well, which is committing to something for a period of time. And I think with something like learning watercolour, because what you've just said, how you learn how watercolour dries a lot lighter and all, and how controlling watercolour is a really, really tricky thing. I mean, I haven't mastered it yet, but I have noticed that when I've, I've done challenges where I've done watercolour for a set period of time and it really improves. And if you say, I'm going to do something for 30 days like watercolour, you will definitely see the difference from day zero to day 30. Because it's it's almost like something clicks, but yeah. you don't even know it's clicking, which is kind of weird. Because I, I remember I'd be painting something and I'd be like, oh, just I could not get, you know, when you try and work wet in wet and get that really nice, soft shadow effect. And I just yeah. could not do it. And yeah. it got to about day 10. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I've just done it. Because without knowing yeah. it, you obviously suddenly get the knack, I wouldn't be able to do it again now, of of mixing those colours and the consistency it has to be to do it. So, yeah, I would say but, one yeah. thing I've really learned is commit to one thing for a period of time. That doesn't have to be forever. That's just something like 30 days. So decide that you're going to draw hands for 30 days or you can learn the basis of watercolour. Because... Doing that rather than saying, I, I want to learn how to draw and paint, and then one day doing a drawing, one day doing a watercolour, one day doing ink, you're going to get nowhere compared to if you did the one thing for 30 days, then switch it up, then try the other thing. Yeah, starting with a basis, and it's like what you were saying about watercolour. There's no point in thinking, I'm going to learn watercolour, and then going straight in with a landscape watercolour. What you first need to do is think, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work on gradients, so going from light to dark. Or I'm going to work out how I can intensify, how how I can layer watercolours without getting cauliflowers. Well, first of all, you need to make sure you're not using too much water. Secondly, you need to make sure that you're going in with more pigment each time rather than less because if you put water on top of watercolour, it's just going to cauliflower. If you put pigment, a high, a high concentrate of pigment, it, 
it won't. You've just got to, it's knowing those basics. And it's a bit like um, if you want to practice um, drawing with pencil, if you want to learn to pencil draw. Well, there's no point in thinking, okay, I'm going to draw a dog because you won't be able to draw a dog. What you first need to do is is uh, practice mark making. What different marks can I make with my pencil? How can I hold my pencil in a different way to create different feel to the marks? That sort of thing. Sounds really boring, but they're, they're the foundations to what creates somebody who can draw really well, as opposed to somebody who's jumped in feet first. And, you know, and it's precisely why I had to step back and think, do you know what? I'm trying to jump in here and I've skipped colour theory. What, you know, what am I doing? I need to learn colour theory, that kind of thing. Those basics, if you take the time to learn those, you are going to get move forward far, far quicker than you are if you try and jump ahead. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like... I, it's I a don't bit... necessarily agree. Really? Yeah. See, I, 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 I would because... say... I, the, I suppose that the analogy I'm trying to make is if somebody wants to lose weight, the person who stops eating and fasts and... And, and doesn't eat very much at all and just has a thousand calories a day yeah they'll 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 lose weight quicker but in the long run the person who just you know ups their exercise and and a bit more and changes what they eat it might take them a lot longer to lose the weight but it'll keep they'll keep it off it's kind of like trying to i always think when you try and skip ahead without doing the foundational learning those foundational skills those you know life-changing things or rather changing your lifestyle they're the ones that that actually end up sort of falling behind don't you think well i i can see what you're saying and i can see why that would work for some people but i can also see how people like me for example yes you're probably right and that probably is a perfect way to do things but someone like me would be so bored yeah they would do one page of marks and think, oh, I'm not going to, if I've got to do this for however long, I can't, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to do it. I'm so bored. What yeah. I would rather do is set myself a project. So I'm going to do the dog that I want to draw, but let's, when I'm doing the dog that I want to draw, let's try mark making in the dog. Yes. So it's the same you know thing, I mean? but just done in a better, in a more interesting way. Yeah. I totally get that. Yes. yes. And if I if I kept doing that, I'm going to draw more because it's more yes. interesting. No, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and you know that sort of um, brings me on to doing a little bit regularly, as opposed to a lot in one go. So when you're first learning to draw, it's you know often the case where people go, oh you know, I'm going to draw, I'm going to try and aim for a whole day a week because I can't draw in the week because I work and I'm going to try and devote my entire Saturday to drawing. Actually, sometimes that's that's not the way because you're almost better to do uh, a five or ten minute drawing every day or 15 minutes every day than you are working for eight hours in one day because first of all you'll never be able to do eight hours in a day. You just couldn't, however much you like doing that. You're not going to be able to... Um, to pull that off I don't think and you learn far more doing a small exercise every day than you would trying to work on one drawing for a whole day of one week you know and this is where the challenges are so good isn't it like the sketchathon which I'm going to be doing this September or the blind contour drawing that sort of thing they take very little time and yet you can do it daily and I think that is 
you're much more you're going to learn much more doing that than the person who spends perhaps six hours in one day trying to draw don't you think oh yeah definitely and i'm curious are you going to be sharing your sketchathon I don't know, really. I've not really given it any thought. Do you know what? With <laughs> social media, and I think this is another thing. Um, or even in spoke... a group, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's something we've spoken about before where social media can suddenly start taking over the most important thing, which is just doing it. And I stopped being so obsessed, like, oh, my gosh, I've got to share this and I've got to share that. I'm just like, well, you know, if I if I fancy it and I've got time to do a post, then, yeah, but I'm not going to hold myself to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I actually do need to post on Instagram because I haven't posted an, um, a progress um, of my donuts recently and I really need to do that because I think the last post I did was after my blog and I was like, I'm back! <laughs> and, you know, here I am and I, I haven't been back since. <laughs> but I think it's because I've perhaps um, just not not feeling, not making myself feel bad for not posting if if I don't get time, I think I'd rather put the time into doing the work than showing it, if you know yeah. what I mean. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure I, yeah. what I might do, Tara, is I might go, okay, no, I'm not going to post something every day, but I might post, do a post of what Stick I've done story. in the last week, you know, or actually yeah. th- this month I've done some sketches. These are the, the ones I like the best, da, 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 rather than doing post after post after post. Maybe I'll do it that way. Yeah. Have you got any more practical stuff? Because mine now goes more on sort of the presentation side. Well, okay, um, no, but but before you talk about, I can I've got something that can lead on actually quite nicely about pres- okay. presenting yeah. your work, which is there is zero point in getting yourself the really nice materials and and learning all of this stuff and finally getting to a point where you're selling or you're showing on your website or you're showing on social media and you're confident enough to do that. There is zero point in doing any of that if you take a really crappy photograph of your painting because it doesn't matter how good your painting or your drawing is, you take a really rubbish drawing uh, photograph of that drawing in a really poor light with shadows all over it It's going to look absolutely awful. So what you need to do is you need to find a spot where the light is very even, preferably perhaps north-facing where the sun isn't going to be brightly shining onto it. And we, I mean, these days, even the iPhone cameras are insane. I mean, I think my iPhone takes better photographs than my, my digital camera, you know, my other one. Um, is it a, I don't know what I've got. Canon, is it? I don't know. Um, I feel like I can I can get better photographs with my iPhone, but there is a way of doing it. You know, say for instance, don't take a picture when you're far away and zoom in because that will spoil the quality of your photograph. Rather, stand closer towards it. Make sure you're using a tripod so that you're not, you know, you're. It's going to be absolutely in focus. Make sure you focus the, 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 focus it properly. These things make such a difference because if I was to put a crappy photograph of all of my paintings on my website, nobody's ever going to buy them. Nice, good, clear, quality photographs cropped properly so that you know, they can see the full thing, that's how you need to be photographing your work. Otherwise, you, you're wasting your time. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and I think you don't need fancy equipment. I mean... 
you can get those things that hold a phone up that clip to the table for about a tenner, can't you? Yeah. You know, almost like a tripod, but they they yeah. hold a phone. Um, and then even if you you can handhold it, but obviously you've just got to be very steady. I mean, if you can do it outside, it's even better, isn't it? If you've got a decent day. But if not, even if you've just got some sort of lamp that you can, or a couple of lamps that you can stick either side, will really help. I remember once seeing someone's painting in the group or drawing in the group, and I said, "Oh, I love that that cream paper you've used." It wasn't it wasn't cream no. paper. It was just because it was dimly lit. Well, also as well, you've got to be careful what kind of lights you use. You're talking about a lamp. It really does need to be a daylight bulb because if you put um, any kind you of warm light, it. yeah, if you put, if you put a warm light against your painting, you're gonna you're gonna adjust the, the colours are gonna look different. Like you say, a, like it'll turn. Maybe a, a lamp might turn a white yellow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's really yeah. The, the well, the iPhone anyway has got lots of built-in editing tools. Yeah, so you can. Yeah, you can tweak it and put a mm. bit more. Go head it towards blue a little bit yeah. more in yeah. there. So yeah, I mean, if you can do it daylight, but what I mean is that majority of people, unless it depends how serious you are about it. But if you're just starting out, you probably haven't got lamps with daylight bulbs. No, necessarily. So but pick pick an area in your house that where your the light is very even. Well, like you say, outside or something, but otherwise the light's yeah. even and you you haven't got the shadow of you and your phone over the top of it, that sort of thing. It does make a big difference. And, you know, yeah. and once you've got your your work and you've got it on your website, you might want to frame it. And we've, I've spoken about this lots of times before. A frame can make or break a painting. Choosing the right frame for your painting is so important. I don't really get involved in framing anymore because it's too hard to post out a, a, a frame painting unless it's a small one. But, um, you know, you know, Tara, don't you, how different a, a good frame can look? You've been experimenting recently, haven't you, on what a, a certain frames can do for a painting. And it's quite incredible how different... a um, a frame a painting can look once it's framed and the difference between a, a frame that suits that painting and a frame that doesn't yeah I mean I've been experimenting digitally with this but one thing I will say is that a mount as well can make a ton of different amount mat whatever you call it yeah um obviously probably not probably not with the sort of thing you paint when it's uh um, on oil painting but yeah, but if you've got like a mixed media, some mixed media pieces, watercolors, probably, mm. if you put a mount between them and the frame, oh, it can just give it this feeling of space and it makes it look more expensive and more premium, I think, doesn't it? Even doing Definitely. that. And I, I've seen people before, I've seen people um, buy my prints and then they've shown it and, you know, oh, you know, thanks for sharing it. I always think, oh, I wish it had got a mount around it. I wish it had got a bit of white space, you know, yeah. before the before the frame. But that's it's all just it's all a matter of taste, isn't it? But I have been experimenting with some digital kind of ornate gothic frames, which look quite cool on some of mine. Obviously, that wouldn't suit a lot of paintings. No, but I just wish I knew where to buy those gothic frames now. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, there there are apps. I would suggest that you could use to play around with it as well. I mean, I've been using Photoshop, but you can also use... There's a quite cheap mock-up app we've mentioned before called FrameX. 
I think it's a Japanese made one because it has quite it's quite weird the way the English is written but I think that's about a tenery 10 or 12 pound a year something like that um I've also started using one called Smartest have you ever tried that no oh I think you yeah I think you sent me to link to that once I might have tried it once well this the one called Smartest what I would say if you're going to get an app when it says the this is a, a bit of a cheaty way to do things when it says the in-app prices, go look at it and it will usually say something like a year's price is maybe 60 quid or whatever. But then it will say something else about promotional price and it will be half the amount. So what I will always do, <laughs> here comes cheapskate, is <laughs> I'll sign up for it in, on the trial. I'll immediately cancel the trial because you'll get it for as long as the trial runs, like seven days or whatever. And then usually if you've cancelled... At the seven day point, they go, Oh, we've got a special offer on. Yeah. For the so lower price. The for the, yeah. So, but the smartest is quite a nice one. I still, what always frustrates me about these apps is they're generally very simple frames. So they'll just have a simple black frame, a simple white frame, and that's suitable for, you know, most things. And then they give you different room scenes that you can place it in, you can change the wall colours. But they don't really give you much option on how fancy the frame is. But they are a really good way to show your stuff on social media, especially if you haven't got a fancy house and, you know, you can't afford yeah. to get everything framed up because, you know, most of us, our houses are a bit messy, aren't they? Well, mine is anyway. <laughs> well, Kevin's and, very tidy. And, or busy wallpaper or something and you don't really want that behind it, do you? No. Yeah, or you've already got a painting up in your room yeah. or the decor in your house doesn't go with the painting yeah. you've just created. So these things do give you a feel of, and, and the person who might want to buy your piece, of what it might look like. So yeah, definitely give yeah. those a try. And with when, when going back to the frame, unless yeah. you've got a, quite an elaborate oil painting or something like that, often just remember that less is more. If you have a really elaborate frame... Um, you could be taking away from your painting. You want the star of the show to be your painting and you want, I mean, don't get me wrong, you could do a tiny little watercolour, have a mount around it and with a biggest elaborate frame around it because that is drawing your eye directly into it. It might just look really good, you just don't know. But generally speaking, you well, basically you just need to make sure that, you know, when you're looking at that painting, is my painting still the star of the show here? Or am I being distracted by this huge gilt frame with all these sort of floral sort of indentations on it? You don't always need that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes yeah. simple is best. Um, another thing... Can I, can I, sorry, can I just mention, mm. I forgot to mention this, there's also another good place to find... Um, frame images if you want to do it obviously you need to know how to use a photo thingy and that is there's royalty free sites you know like pexels and and that mm. oh, and yeah. there's one that has some really good one called free pick but you do have to pay there's a monthly fee but i would just sign up for a month and download a load of them yeah yeah the other thing we've spoken about before we did a whole episode on this and um yeah i think this is a really good episode to go back to it went down really well actually we got a lot of comments on that um that episode and it's about titling your painting is it important and in my opinion yes god if you've gone to the effort of creating a painting at least 
have the creativity to title it, you know. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go into it all now because, we, like I say, we've done a whole episode. Please go back and listen to that. But giving your art a title, I think, is... It's like, just briefly, let's talk about going around an art gallery. And this is sort of something I spoke about on that episode. And you're going around an art gallery and you've got something... Um, you've got a still life of an egg. And what's the title of the painting? Still life of an egg. Or you go to something else and it's an amazing painting and you're like, oh, you know, I wonder what, you know, sparked that painting. It's so lovely. What's the title? Untitled. It drives me nuts. And I totally get that some people are just interested in the process of creating. Somebody perhaps like you, Tara, who does paintings a lot quicker and, you know, you're doing a whole series, you might want to title the series. But I just feel that that's a finishing touch is giving it a title myself. That's an opinion. Um, but like I say, don't, we're not going to go into that now. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, it's well worth a listen, I think, that one. Yeah, because I told you before, I don't, titles, I don't really care about. Mm. If I go into a gallery, I don't care what the title of the piece is. Yeah. But I care I deeply will. about it. <laughs> I will title my pieces. I because I know it means a lot. I know it means a lot to other people. Yeah, exactly. I feel cheated you know, a bit so. if something. If, 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 you know, having an untitled painting could be the difference between me buying that painting or not. Because I'm like, come well, that on. Is why I would ti- that is why I would title painting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, know I have very strong feelings about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's why we had so many comments about that. that um, that's episode actually because it got a lot of people thinking about it didn't it you know did we have a lot of comments yeah on that we one? did we remember. had people saying oh god i'm really thinking differently about this now i didn't realize that this uh, no. yeah we had some comments it was quite funny and, yeah 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 um i when you when you do a social media post hmm. or or anything like that where you're sharing your piece try and have some sort of story to go with it now people like well you'll laugh at this because i used to think yeah doesn't matter but I've realized that it does matter and it does matter and it doesn't have to be big and deep it could just be the type of day you were having when you painted it or it could just be something unrelated to the painting but something you were doing that day and you can sort of tie it in with a painting or like I've started doing it could be something about the character you've created or do you know what I mean some sort of story it brings to mind even if it's a story that comes afterwards when you're looking at it yeah but I think because like we've just said about titling although it doesn't matter to some people it does to some others yeah no I agree I do yeah I think it's nice to have a story and if if you haven't got a story it's quite a handy way of getting in some engagement with your painting and asking on social media, what's the story? There was somebody in our group that used to do that. She used to sketch a lot. And Eva. Then she, Eva. Eva, that's think, it. Wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. And she, she'd put a post up and go, what's the story? And people would be guessing what the story was about. And I thought that was great. Because, again, people won't mind you not having a story if they're allowed to give you a story. Make it <laughs> do up. You know, do you yeah. know what I mean? And it, can even just, it can even just talk through your process, can't you? Of yeah. Making it anything like that it's just having something beyond because someone actually posted something the other day it's an artist I really like and I thought I wish you'd tell me something I know that sounds strange but I just wish you'd tell me something about this about how you painted it or do you know what I mean yeah 
Um, okay, so we've got to the social media part. Now what happens when somebody buys your work? Well, yeah, you could put it in a Amazon box, stuff it into, uh, you know, the old Amazon. We all get loads of them. Um, grab one that will fit the painting in. Stuff a bit of, um, I don't know, old tissue paper in there and just crinkle it up. Stop it from flapping about in the box. Uh, a bit of parcel tape, slap an address on it and chuck it in the post so the person at the other end unwraps it and thinks oh amazon has been <laughs> and then they open it and think oh okay what's all this horrible old dirty old newspaper or whatever or tissue paper get that out oh it's the painting there's not a lot of thoughts gone into that really is there and you'd be surprised how many artists probably do it that way how much nicer would it be if you Put a bit more thought into wrapping your painting. That person has paid good money, hopefully, for your painting. Hopefully what it's worth. And it's a bit of an insult then to put zero thought into the postage. You want it to be a nice experience. It's a bit like the difference between unwrapping a birthday present that has got birthday wrap on it and has had a lovely big bow um, with curly ribbon around it and it's handed to you and it's like oh how exciting or somebody wraps it in a bit of newspaper or foil <laughs> do you know what I mean and you're like oh okay see I wouldn't it, I wouldn't care again no you see but don't you think <laughs> that it's important to put a bit of thought into wrapping your artwork because artwork is a bit different than even a birthday present somebody's paid uh, a lot of money yeah no yes but my problem with this right is when I package up, and I, I, I totally get what you're saying, but when I package up an artwork, I'm so obsessed with it not getting damaged. Oh, yes, I agree. I, I do the most ridiculous. Okay, first of all, we're going to have it in, in some, you know, wrap it in some, um, not tissue, but it's other stuff. I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, kind of a papery, slightly waxed paper that yeah. you wrap paintings in. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll like, okay, well, now I need to put some, plastic around that just to make sure it doesn't you know get any wet into there oh now i need to put some boards in there to make sure it's done oh now i need to put a bit of hardboard in there so it's definitely not going to get bent now i need to wrap it in some bubble wrap <laughs> so i know what you're saying like, yeah. yeah but you're still yeah. that's that's being thoughtful about making sure it doesn't be in damage but you're not going to use an old bit of amazon ca- cardboard box oh no you? i wouldn't and I'd use a new box, obviously. Yeah. Yes. And you'd cut it to size and you'd try and you'd use clean tissue paper. Just on a very yes. quick side note, never, ever, ever wrap an oil painting in bubble wrap. Always make sure you put tissue paper around it first because otherwise it, the chemicals can react and you'll ruin your oil painting. That's just on a completely separate note. It's just come into my head. But anyway, perhaps you might think, okay, I'm going to put it in a tube because, you know, a tube is going to protect your drawing great nothing wrong with that at all but what about putting it in a nice um uh, plastic sleeve first what about wrapping or put, putting some tissue paper around the drawing and then put it into a plastic sleeve just something to make it just give it that little extra i don't know just looks nice when you pull it out and you know it, things like um I don't know. I mean, what have I done before in the past when it's a canvas? So I've put my, I'm, I am exactly like you, Tara, where I, I need it to make sure, sh- I do need to make sure it is protected. Of course I do. I don't want anything to be able to pierce it, bend it, break it. 
So, yeah. but yeah, like you, I'll put, I, I wrap it in really, I, I've bought tissue paper, white tissue paper specifically to wrap paintings in and I make sure they're all wrapped nicely, almost like a present. Um, and then I put a sticker um, with, which has got one of my paintings. Um, I put a sticker on that tissue paper and then I will then put a business card on there as well and then I'll wrap that in um, some some bubble wrap and wrap that again like a present and then I will put a receipt in there and then I might wrap the whole thing in brown paper before putting it in the box so it's almost like they've got a box they open the box and there's almost like a gift to unwrap in there now I could go the extra mile and put a little ribbon around it or something like that or um you know, a handwritten message. What about a handwritten message to that person, thanking them for investing in your work, into your work, and for liking, you know, for buying your work? Because it's no nicer feeling, is there, than when somebody spends their hard-earned money on something you've created? It's it's amazing. So, just that, just those little touches can make a big difference to when you open something in the post like that don't you think i've been doing those yeah i've been doing those handwritten messages to go out on my prints yeah so i've made some little i've made these little note things they're about a six size just with my logo thank you and then it's just got my website address and stuff on and it just please email if you're interested in larger prints originals or you know commissions whatever mm. and then i've got a space in there and i'll just put thank you so much for supporting me do you know what I mean? I hope you like the print as much mm. as I like painting it. But there'd be some people out there saying, oh, my, my handwriting's my... no good, but I don't think... That is my problem. But you can always... I mean, if your handwriting is really, really bad or you're dyslexic and you're finding you're struggling with your spelling and stuff like that, which a lot of people do, then just do a little smiley face with some googly eyes or something and just, just put thanks so much or something with an explanation mark or anything, you know, or even just type something out... And just sign it, hand sign it, you know, something like that if you're worried. I do write something, but then I think, can they actually read what I've just written? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, well, at least they know I've tried. Exactly, yeah. I think that that is about it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you've got any other, what if you think of anything we've missed when we post up the podcast, just let us know in the comments. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, We're not reading out. The answer to our last questions because we're waiting till we get more of them because the question actually was um it was an ask us anything so basically you can ask us any question that could be something about our art it could be something really silly anything you'd like so if you have any questions like that let us know we've got a question up on the instagram and facebook um yeah so we'll uh, we've got a new question though, haven't we yeah, but just before that, they can also do a voice yeah. question on that um, post because we were hoping to create a new podcast um, episode answering the questions. So what we thought would be fun is if you if you don't have to, you can just write the questions in, in the um, thread, but there's a link to how you can record a voice question. So if you do that, we'll actually include your voice 
on the episode, which, you know, is asking us the question. So, um, Tara, have you pinned those questions to the top of the group? I think we have, aren't we, in the in I the think Facebook so, yeah. Group. It's definitely in, in the Facebook group. Yeah, so have a look. Obviously Check we, it out. The difficulty with Instagram is is we can't we can't do that. No, it just... We can't... Oh, you can um, pin. We can't show the link. No. Yeah, we can't show the link. No. Yeah. No, so come to the group and have a look. Yeah. So, we have a new question for you, and that is... What topic would you like us to cover in a future episode and why? You know, we're all about trying to do, you know, trying to produce content that you want to hear and is going to help you out. So we thought, why not actually ask you what you want? So what topic would you like us to cover in a future episode and why? And um, we will then read out the answers in the next episode and we'll pick, we'll pick one from your list. Yeah. Yeah, and if we don't, if we can't answer, and we like the topic, we could always try and find an expert who could uh, talk about that for us. Yeah. But anyway, you can let us know your answers to that question in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I highly suggest you do. We'll put the question up there and on the Facebook page, and of course on Instagram, which is Kick in the Creatives. And we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. Don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be really grateful if you would leave us a little review, perhaps, or even just a star rating. Um, if you want to find either myself or Tara online, I'm on Instagram as Sandra.Busby. My website is SandraBusbyArt.com and I'm on Facebook as Sandra Busby Artist. Tara, where can people find you? You can find me on my website, which is TaraRoskellArt.com, on Instagram and Facebook as TaraRoskellArt. And don't forget to check out and subscribe to our Kicking the Creatives newsletter. And you're there you can get all the information on our challenges and our podcast. You can do that via our website. Also, we've released a course, which is how to create characters and cartoons for fun. You can find the link to the course on our website or go to kickinthecreatives.com forward slash cartoon course. Just on a, on a going back to the newsletter thing, just want to make yeah. sure everyone understands that these newsletters are not spammy in any way. They only come as often as we say they're going to come, and they are not full of crap. They they have. I mean, I've I've been so inspired by the one we sent. We I got from us um, for this September for the September challenges. We're just literally telling you what challenges are going to be coming up, so you don't miss out. Um, perhaps uh, you know a, a pod, the most recent podcast anything we think that's going to help you out so um yeah it's definitely well worth signing up to the to the newsletter and if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us here at kick in the creatives with the costs you can now do that by buying us a coffee and you can find the Kofi link on our website Thank you so much to Alison Cochran. Um, she says thank you for everything that you do. And Alison is our latest supporter. So really, really appreciate that. If you can't help us in that way, there are other things you can do. You can share our episodes um, with other creatives or you can share, um, share it to another creative group. Um, you can write us a nice little review it all helps us um, so much and we really do appreciate any support you can give to help us out but that's it for this week and we will see you next time see ya bye Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes.